In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we are going on three years living here in Lafayette. And I have to tell you, I have not once been tempted to go to the thing over here they call the Haunted Town Hall. Uh, and it, I'm not afraid, uh, but I don't like the idea of people jumping out at me because I don't know what my reaction's going to be. All right, someone might jump out at me and I might let slip a word that I don't want to say in public. All right, I might take a swing at someone. Uh, and, and I don't like that idea of being out of control in fear. Uh, well, so much of our fear response is really out of our control. It's something interior to us. Well, so this is interesting to me in the gospel because Matthew tells us that when Peter, James, and John heard the voice of God come out of that bright overshadowing cloud, they fell to the ground and they were overcome by fear. And so falling on the ground out of fear is the response I want to pay attention to. Typically, when we're afraid, we might run away, we might turn our backs. We turn and we get out of whatever danger we're in. The problem is that when someone is afraid of God, well, they can't run away. Of course, you can't run from God. And so the thing we all try to do to hide is to hide from God. Right? Peter, James, and John fall on the ground when they hear God's voice because they're trying to hide their faces from God. They're hiding from him. And so it's the same response of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You know the story well, but Adam and Eve sinned by not obeying God's word. They didn't trust God above all else. Instead, Adam and Eve wanted to be their own gods. They thought eating the fruit that was forbidden would make them gods, and then they wouldn't need God anymore. And so when they ate, it was suddenly obvious to them, well, that they had been deceived. The serpent was a liar. Adam and Eve didn't feel like gods. They didn't feel immortal or powerful. They didn't get the kind of glory that the serpent promised. Instead, they felt shame. They realized how weak and vulnerable they were without God as their father. And so in their shame and in their vulnerability, after they sinned, they heard God walking in the garden and they were afraid. And being afraid, they hid themselves. They didn't want to be in God's presence. They didn't want God to see their faces. Seeing God was too much for them. Well, throughout the Bible, we see that same theme develop over and over. We see it with Moses and the Israelites. After Moses had received the law and came down from the mountain, after he had been in the presence of God, his face reflected God's glory. His face was shining. And when the people saw it, they were terrified. They begged Moses to wear a veil to cover his face. God's glory was too much for them. They knew they were sinners. They couldn't see God's glory. They didn't want to be in God's presence. We even see this in the prophet Isaiah when he's taken up into a vision, into the presence of God. He cries out, I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips. He knows he cannot stand in God's presence. It'll be the end of him, and he is afraid. And so at the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter initially was quite happy to be there. He wasn't scared at all. He was even trying to please Jesus by doing the right thing. He had this great idea. 
He said, Jesus, we'll set up three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. We'll set up a new ritual here. We'll worship here. We can remain here. It'll be great. It'll be glorious. And so Peter believes he is taking initiative and doing the right thing by doing something for Jesus. He believes he's setting up a great monument to mark this miraculous moment. But when he hears God's voice out of the cloud, Peter knows that he can't stand in front of God. Peter knows that his good intentions, that his works, will not stand in God's presence. An important piece of context here is the previous chapter in Matthew 16. Because in Matthew 16, Jesus had just rebuked Peter. In Matthew 16, we read, From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took Jesus aside and rebuked him, saying, God forbid it. This must never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Jesus, just a week before this transfiguration, had called Peter Satan. He calls him a stumbling block. He completely rebukes Peter as a sinner. Because, sinner, because Peter is a sinner because he doesn't imagine the cross is where Jesus is headed. He doesn't see the need for the cross. He doesn't believe that Jesus will actually be forsaken and rebuked. And so six days later, up on the mountain, Jesus t takes Peter with him, right? And Peter has this great idea. Well, they can just stay up on the mountaintop, right? Who needs the cross? Who needs Jesus to be forsaken? They can stay up in this glorious moment, right? Jesus needs this nice mountaintop dwelling where he can be king and he can live with Moses and Elijah. And then suddenly, God tells Peter, listen, Stop talking and listen. And hearing the voice of God, Peter falls on the ground and hides his face. Because in that moment, Peter knows, beyond a doubt, he's a sinner. He knows he's not worthy to stand in God's presence in that moment. And so when we are aware of our sinfulness, when our consciences bear the weight of our guilt, we so often try to hide from God. We don't want to be in the presence of his word. Many times when people are feeling guilty, right, they will stop praying. They won't read the Bible. They won't come to church. They feel the weight of their sin, and they believe they shouldn't be in God's presence. I've heard this so many times in my life. People will tell me, well, I'll start coming to church when I have my life together. Right? Or they'll say that they can't come to church because they aren't living right. This is saying that they are well aware of their sin. Their consciences are telling them that there is a problem. And so they do just what Adam and Eve did and just what Peter does. They try to hide their face from God. This is the very first lie that Satan tries to confront us with. Satan will tell you that you are too much of a sinner to really be a Christian. Satan will remind you that you are a hypocrite, that you're imperfect. He will whisper in your ear that you're not a good Christian he will sow doubt in your heart and make you question your faith. But that's not the word God gives to you. That's not what God says to you. 
Notice what God says to Peter, James, and John. He doesn't rebuke them in that moment for their sin. Rather, he says, listen to my son. That's all. Just listen. Peter, you don't have to make dwellings. You don't have to come up with a ritual for this moment. You don't have to say and do the right thing. You don't have to complete the right action. God says to him simply, listen to my son. And as Peter, James, and John are on the ground hiding their faces, terrified of God's presence and his judgment, what does Jesus do? Well, he touches them gently and says, do not be afraid. That's the word that God wanted Peter to hear in that moment. Do not be afraid. Jesus is preaching the gospel to his disciples in that moment. Don't be afraid. Your sins are forgiven. You don't need to hide from God. God doesn't see you as a sinner. And he doesn't see you as a sinner precisely because Jesus has come to bear their sins. Jesus is taking on your sins and exchanging them with his righteousness, with his glory. When God says, this is my beloved son, he is now saying to Peter, James, and John, as he says it to all of us, you are also going to be my beloved child. And so that's the word of the gospel to us. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of sin. Do not be afraid of the devil. Do not be afraid of death or judgment. Christ has come to defeat all of these things on your behalf. He has taken your sin onto himself. He has defeated death for you. He will raise you up out of the grave on the last day. So what does God want from you? God doesn't want anything from you. God doesn't need you to do anything. God wants you to listen. Listen to his son who says, do not be afraid. Listen to the absolution when God says to you, I declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In a few moments, when we come up for the sacrament, listen to the words of Holy Communion. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. That's what God wants of us. Just listen to his son. Listen to the words of the gospel. Listen and do not be afraid. Amen.